right. It's time for another episode of Dad Mode, God, Grit, and Goals. Welcome. Uh, I'm Mike Tobias, your host. And today I am going to talk to you about the Lord's Prayer, probably in a way that's going to go a little deeper than maybe you've ever considered it before. Um, but I want you to understand that we are three-part beings, right? You've heard this before. We are uh, body, mind, and soul, or spirit. And so the Lord's Prayer really is this focus on our spirit. And you know that you have a spirit. You know uh, we all do. You, you know when you walk into a room and you can just sense the mood, you can sense the atmosphere, uh, or you can see on someone's face that they're really down. Um, you can see their, their spirit. They're, they're either up or they're down or um, somewhere in between. So um, we're going to dissect the Lord's Prayer um, and really focus in on what is Jesus saying? Because he said, this is, when you pray, this is how you should do it. So I always think of prayer as a form of meditation. And so what is he having us meditate on? So it starts with our Father, who art in heaven. So let's, right off the bat, you're a dad, I'm a dad. Um, no matter how you were raised, you, you had a father. He was either a great presence in your life or he was a missing presence or, uh, or a real bastard, right? <laughs> so what, whatever your experience, um, who we want to model as dads is God, the Father. You got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and the thing to get your head around is he's actually all three wrapped into one. So, uh, our Father who art in heaven, he's a father. He's not any father. He's actually our father. Hallowed be thy name. Your name is holy. It's set apart. It is uh, something that should be cherished, honored, Um. It's extraordinary. He is not your homeboy. He is awe-inspiring. Something that, like looking at a beautiful sunset or the mountains, it's just, wow. Uh, That's what it means to be holy. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. What is God's name? He actually told Moses his name. Um, That was the very first time. He said, uh, when Moses said, I want to see your glory, and the Lord passed by him, and he said his name. His name is Yahweh, which means I am. I am. He is the essence of being. He is life itself, and he is good. Thy kingdom come. So what is a kingdom? It's like you want to be king. You want to be king of your family. You want to be king of the world, right? Well, this kingdom is where you rule and reign. So God's kingdom is where God rules and reigns. 
And since God is good, he's the very definition of good, he is good today, he was good yesterday, and he will be good in the future. This is why he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen? Because he is good. He is the ultimate good. So his kingdom, therefore, is good, and he rules and reigns over his kingdom, meaning the kingdom of goodness, all that is good. So it, I, I think the big thing that was a, a big shift for me is that his kingdom is here. This is Jesus preached one message, and that message was the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is like, and he taught in parables, and he was explaining what it, what it is. And it's, it is the here and now. It is not so that I, I'm going to be good so I can earn my way. It is, no, you have already been adopted into the family, and you've got all of the rights that the family members have. And you have the right to live in the kingdom of goodness. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And when you are in the kingdom of goodness, then his will is being done. And so we go about our daily lives in a world where although God rules and reigns his kingdom, his kingdom is not everywhere until you show up. Because as a Christian, we bring his kingdom with us because God is within. He is with us. And we bring hope into hopeless situations. So it's, it's very immediate. He talks about eternal life. We think about like living forever. Well, we tend to live in the past. Like for me, regret was a big thing. Always going back, oh, I wish I would have made a different decision. I'm just imagining what life would have been different had I made a different decision. Well, that's all an imagination. Or I'm imagining what life's going to be like in the future when I get that promotion, when I get that new job, when I get that new car, when we buy that lake house, all of those things, right? We're, that's all imagination. The only thing that is real is the here and now. You're hearing my voice right now. That's, that's it's, it's just right now. It's the immediate. And the immediate, ironically, is forever. It's eternal. There is always the here and now. And so this idea of eternal life is life in the here and now being good always and forever. And so how do we do that? Well, not my will, but your will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So think about the times when you are frustrated. It's because you're not getting your way. And that's not, that's not right. It's my will. And what God is saying is, not 
your will. He's saying, my will. And so we are to let go and let God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Like, when I am in your kingdom, in the immediate mode, I have let go all expectations, all regret, all everything but the here and now, and I am good. And I am happy to be here with you right now. The eternal forever now. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So where is heaven? We always think about heaven being up there, right? So it heaven is in a higher place because it allows us to see everything. So think about it this way. <clears throat> There's you, and then there is the you that can rise above the you that is, where you can literally think about your thinking. Hmm, wonder why I wonder why I did that. Wonder why I thought that way. Right? There's there's the reactionary you, which is actually a subconscious you, and there is the conscious you. So the reaction is when you hear something, it's like, whoa, your body's already turned. You've reacted. That's your fast brain. It's reactive. And then there is the conscious you, which has to use willpower, logic, right? And I think we, the, the idea here is how do we reactively put ourselves instinctually into the kingdom of heaven where your immediate reaction is God is good. It's going to work out. I don't need to worry about it. He's got this. I'm with him. I'm at peace. I have all the fruits of the spirit. I'm long suffering. All of those things. So God's kingdom is in the here and now. It's not someday off in the future. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. His will is going to get done. Good things are going to happen. The question is, are you going to step in and be a resource for that? Or are you going to be having a pity party and fight against it? Or are you going to pull yourself out? It's like, where are, where's your head at that point? That's, that's your spirit, right? And his rule and reign, his rule and reign is his will is for all to prosper. And my will is for me to get my way, right? And so in order to see and understand and behave in such a way, sacrificial way, for the greater good, it's always a sacrifice. This is why 
the Cain and Abel story is so early and important in the Old Testament because it's, it's about sacrifice. What sacrifices did the brothers make? There were two brothers, right, Cain and Abel, and they made sacrifices to the Lord. What does that mean? It means that they were slaying sheep, right? Is that what we're supposed to be doing today? No, it was a sacrifice. So you made a sacrifice to get married. You made a sacrifice to have children. You make a sacrifice to put your kids in private school. You make a sacrifice to make the team. We're always making sacrifices. So what is the sacrifice to God? The sacrifice to God is that I'm going to sacrifice whatever it is that I need to sacrifice in order for the greatest good to be accomplished. Meaning I've got to put my preferences aside, my comfort aside, my will to the side. Not my will, but his will. And I'm willing to sacrifice my will to his will. Not because he's demanding it from me. Because I want to. Because I love him. Because I honor him. Because he cares for me. Because he's a good father. All of those reasons. So, I'm going to wrap up the Cain and Abel story real quick here because it's just fascinating. I think most people just, like, it's, a, it's about revenge. And it's like, well, there's so much more to it than that. It's about two brothers. So the eldest brother, who was going to inherit everything, didn't have to work for anything because he was going to inherit it all. And the younger brother had to work his tail off because he was going to get nothing. And so what happens? One made a sacrifice, and everyone loved him for it. That's Abel. The others sat around letting life come to him because he was going to inherit everything. And so he didn't have to work for it. And you know what happens. The goody-two-shoes little brother suddenly has everyone loving him. He's made proper sacrifices. And... The world's coming his way. And so I got to get rid of him because he's annoying me. Right? Another battle of wills. So interesting story to think about. Um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What do I need right now? Lord, you're going to give me what I need right now, so I don't need to worry about it. You're going to give me what I need when I need it. Daily. And so we spend so much time figuring out, i got to save for retirement. i got to save for the kids' school. i got to do this. i got to do that. I can't make a mistake. All of that. It's like he tells you, why are you worrying? What is worrying doing for your spirit? pulling it down, right? So this is spiritual health, spiritual warfare. 
It's just the, it's the battle. Got this voice saying this and this voice saying that. That's why there was a snake in the garden, right? It's like perfect garden. Why is there a snake in there? Because there's always a snake, right? There's always something chirping at you. And so it's recognizing that and ignoring it. Adam and Eve would have done well by ignoring the snake. We didn't. We listened to it. And that's our downfall. So don't listen to the snake. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So what does it mean to trespass? It means go into an area you don't belong. We're right back into the Garden of Eden. You're going to the wrong tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They already knew good because they knew God. What they didn't know was evil. That's actually what they learned. That was the fall. The fall was learning to be evil. That's it. Right? So, now that we know, I know what hurts me, and so I darn well know how to hurt you. That's what moves us into revenge. Um, trespassing. Going into an area you don't belong. You're trespassing when you do that. That is something owned by someone else. That's outside the protection of God. Right? So, don't go to the strip club. That's outside the protection. Don't fool around on your wife. Don't commit murder. Don't have any other gods before me. These are all trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, they've done me wrong. This whole idea of moving into revenge versus forgiveness, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You want to bring yourself down? Start planning a revenge. You are now just entering the kingdom of darkness. So we want to be in the kingdom of light. Uh, lead us not into temptation. So don't lead me into the things that tempt me. So for me, this meant that, hey, I love women. <laughs> you know, God created beautiful women. Terrific. But I love my wife, and I made a vow to her, and so I do not lead or get led into temptation. That place is reserved for her, and it makes it so much better and so much easier, right? So don't take that first step. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one, because who is leading you into temptation? The evil one. You are tempted to do something because you can get away with it, because it's going to, I deserve it, uh, because it's a way to get ahead. All of these things, that it's the seeming shortcut. 
but there's never a shortcut. The process is the shortcut. Trusting God is the shortcut. Uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So we're back to the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven where God rules and reigns. There's power in there. There's power in the name of Jesus. What does that mean? It means that you have the power of Jesus within you if you've invited him into your life, into your heart, into your being, then you now, you have been fully forgiven. Forgiven of what? Forgiven of missing the mark. Forgiveness of the judgment that comes when you aspire to do the right thing and you screw it up. So judgment. I think of judgment like when I step on a scale to weigh myself in the morning. I'm, it's the judge. It is judging me. Now, does the scale judge me? No, I judge myself, and I use the number on the scale to assess my judgment of myself. Is God judging you? No. He's actually the standard of the greatest good. And you judge yourself as to whether you've achieved that, accomplished that. He just is. He says, I am. And because he is, there is now a scale. And as you look at him, you see the number. You see your failings. You see your shortcomings. You see that you have not arrived. You see that I am out of sorts. And I can hate the scale, but the scale doesn't care. It just is. Now, does God care? Well, he does, but he doesn't care what your number is. This is the irony. The scale doesn't care what the number is. It just is. God doesn't care what your sin is. It just is. What he wants you to know is, hey, dust yourself off. Pick yourself up. Let's get started again. This is the grace. This is, this is Christ, okay? And he was there in the Old Testament. He's there in the New Testament. He's always been there. And he has his Holy Spirit, which is that still small voice that's telling you, don't go there. Go here. Step into that. It is the, the voice that we must learn to listen to. So I hope that helps. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.
the power. You have the power if God is within you. You have the power to change. You have the power to bring hope to hopeless situations. You have that power. And the glory. Glory is God's goodness. And it's so good. It's glorious. Show me your glory, Moses said. And God passed him by, and from then forward, when he came down the mountain, his face was shining. And may the Lord God of goodness, may his face shine upon you. I pray that for you. Thanks for being a dad, and thanks for listening. Have a great day.